Shout out 808 Mello. Shout out 808 Mello. Martial is isolated. Skirtle here. Oh, yes! Welcome to Manchester United. Anthony Martial. Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? Decide not to use it. Curry, way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! What's good, people? Welcome to another episode of the Zone Podcast. Joining me today, we have the one and only Jay Lewis, James. I don't know why I call you Jay Lewis. It's Jay Extended and James Lewis. I don't know why I've done that, but, you know, I got too excited. My bad, bro. What are you telling me? I'm good, man. Looking forward to this. Another Zone Podcast. So, should be good. Should be good, man. Also joining me, we have the one and only Richard Olavi Poupon. How are you? Bye, Wanissa. Yeah. No, we're back to winning ways over at Stamford Bridge, so can't complain. Yeah. You know, what? we're we're gonna we're gonna mention Chelsea because the Chelsea fan said something egregious to me yesterday, but we'll discuss that later. But last but not least, we have um Sam from Undali Me. Uh, hey, Sam from Undali. Yeah, bro, bro, the the English is not English in right now. Sam from Undali Media. What are you telling me, Broski? I'm good, man. Good, man. Another week here to chop up with Amanda. So yeah, let's. You know, have some good discussion, good discussions, and some good debates, man. Yeah, man, let's let's get it cracking. Um, first things first, you know what? Yeah, because this let's. I want to talk about Chelsea. I want to talk about United and Chelsea because one thing a Chelsea fan said to me, I won't name names, but a Chelsea fan said to me yesterday was like, obviously Chelsea are back to winning ways. What is it? They won in the Carabao Cup against Brighton, and then they beat who in the league? Fulham. Uh, Fulham. Fulham. Yeah, you beat Fulham in the league. All right, cool. So now Chelsea fans are like, all right, cool, yeah, back to winning ways, blah, 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 blah. And the Chelsea fan went to me, he was like, we're going to finish above you, man. And us, man, being Man United. And at first I was like, nah, chill the F out. Like, And you know what? I still stand by it. I, As I said, I'm not watching Man United this season. I don't need to watch Man United this season for reasons I've already mentioned in previous pods. But as a Chelsea fan or for anyone else, are we starting to see that? Like, fair enough, you beat Brighton, you beat Brighton, who are in wishy-washy form at the moment, and you beat Fulham. Is this like the turnaround you lot are starting to see, or are we just getting way too ahead of ourselves here? Wait, before I start, um, I can't lie, you're not on our competition because really, truly, if you guys finish ahead of us, I'll be embarrassed. But in terms of it being, Sorry, what? <laughs> yep, I'll be. Embarrassed you know, here. you know, Rich is a troll in it, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, this, 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 this is what I think. He said, yup. He said, yup. Yeah, because, like, bro, this is the same club that finished 12th and have literally, okay, Fulham was your second win. That was what Enzo Fernandez played against Fulham, right? That was his second win in the Chelsea shirt and you bought him in January. So the fact, like, people had the audacity to 
you know what I mean? Like, is it this is what this is why the Chelsea fans, I think it's crack because when he said that to me, he's like, We're definitely gonna finish above United. I'm like, bro, United are ass, but we we're not as ass as you lot have been for a good amount of time. You lot have been ass for a good amount of time, and you still are. And these two wins suddenly now you think you're back. Well, I didn't say we're back, I just said, Well, you guys are not a competition. How, so who is yeah, your competition bro, then? Who's your competition? It should be the teams in eleventh and tenth, bro. That's your competition. But once I feel like as the season progress, I feel like we should pull further away from United. I still think it should be inconsistent, but I do feel like what United are showing is who they are. I think what Chelsea are showing in terms of result wise, because I feel like there's been games that we have played well and we've dropped results that we thought we could have won. I feel like United, I don't know of any good performances that you guys have put in. Like, have you guys had a good performance this season? I'm trying to think. I no, no, know. not at all. Not at all. But, we yeah, so I think, like, obviously, with the performances and the obviously vibes don't win game, but the vibes in the camp still seems good. As whereas you have for United is a bit toxic. Um, 10 hard jobs kind of on the line, whereas in Poch is not on the line. And as I said, with Chelsea, I feel like everything is still there to come together with a bunch of new players and stuff, which is why I then said as the season progress, I feel like this is who United are. I do think. I'm not saying Chelsea are good enough to be top three, top four, whatever, but I do feel like we are better than being at where we are now. Whereas in, I feel like with United, even though they have some injuries as well, I don't think those players coming back changes much for them, which is why I said I don't think you guys are our competition. As sad as it is, all them Villa and Brighton and them and seem to be our competition at, for me at the moment. And then hopefully you can pull away from them. But... As I said, it's a thing whereas in the result against Fulham isn't something that obviously I was happy to see us get a win and I was happy to see Mudrick's score as well, but it's nothing to be overly excited about because I do think we've left a lot of wins on the table. I feel like, for example, the West Ham one, I do think we should have been West Ham. Obviously, we didn't beat um, Enzo missed that pen and it all went downhill from then. Liverpool, we should have beaten them. Um, and one other team as well, I think it was Nottingham before we had the lapse of concentration. So, it's it's nothing like I feel like with us the shit team finally won. I do feel like there's been games for us too when I just didn't take um our opportunity with that. So yeah. So what 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 is it exactly? Because fair enough, like I get exact I get what you mean United wise, but I'm talking about Chelsea. Like what? That was Enzo Fernandez's third Premier League win. I'm guessing Luton. You beat Luton in the Prem. He won one. Um, you won one Premier League game last season where Enzo played, and then this one just now, right? So that's the that's his only his third win as a Chelsea player in the Premier League, right? I don't, think, I don't think that's entirely correct. I'm sure he's won more games than three. Nah, bro. Check the math, bro. Bro, the Fulham game was his third win because you beat Luton, right? That was his second one. And then before that, the stat was that he's only won one Premier League game with you lot. No, I think you're talking about um, home games at Stamford Bridge. Are you sure? No, 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 no. no. Are you sure? Pull it up because I, I feel like Chelsea fans forget they finished 12th, bro. Like, I feel yeah, like you were winning. Yeah, but you weren't winning games, bro. <laughs> You've not been winning games for a minute. Like, Man United are not winning games and we're ass, don't get twisted. But we're not Chelsea ass. And you've been Chelsea ass for a long, long time. I'm just going back. I've seen one win. Um, we're talking about just the Premier League, innit? I've seen mm-hmm. two wins. 
Okay, I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Where's no, the W, bro? Where's the W, bro? You're still scrolling. I'm, 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 I'm ready on three and we're still on last season. And then we come no, to... From Enzo, from January. Yeah. yeah, so that is five wins since January. Wait, so when... It's, it's nothing to five, celebrate. Five but, Premier League wins since January. It's nothing to celebrate, I'm just saying. And Enzo play all five of those games? Wins away from him, please. No, but did Enzo play all five of those games? Yeah, I can't. I don't know what game he would have missed. Um, I'm sure he's played. I'm sure he's you played. Signed him at the end of January, didn't you? Uh, even if that was the case, let me go and check that January game again. But even if that's the case, then it's four wins. But still, your shift chances the ducks wins for my boys. So let's not do that. So the no, listen. I think Enzo's a baller, but like I feel like the fact that you're so like I don't even want to defend Man United because we're ass. But I feel like the fact that you're so quick to say. Man, like Man United are not our competition. One, I don't even want to be your competition. Two, you guys, this is only like, let's say this is your fifth Premier League. Forget the Enzo stat. This is your fifth Premier League win since January, and we're in October now. Like five Premier League wins in eight months is insane. That's you're telling that's me releg- that's relegation form. Whether you like it or not, that's relegation form. And fair enough, you've won two on the bounce, which is not two Premier League games on the bounce. It's one Carabao Cup and then a Premier League game. All of a sudden, you just think like you just flipped the switch and you think you're going to be good again. No, I didn't say we're going to be good again. I said you guys are our competition. I do think there is a gap between Chelsea and United. That's so crazy. Is, is that like based that, on is it, or like, based on just yeah, players that you bought though? Because yeah, uh, form wise, yeah. you're very similar. Players wise, you got a better project maybe, but in yeah, terms but of form where you are currently, you're the same. To last season, I'm sorry. If you were just to look at both teams. From this season, I do feel like obviously the results might not have backed it, but I do think we have been significantly better than United this year. Well, okay, before you correct me if I'm wrong, just before you beat Fulham, we were ahead of you in the table, and 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 you had way easier games, way so, easier yeah. games than us. The, the, the XG doesn't lie, no the XG doesn't lie, but the performance. All right, all right Graham Paul. The XG aside. The performances for United have been so bad. No, 100, 100 bro, 100 percent. Performances last season were ass with United, but we still found wins to you don't you don't win. You don't you, some as as you can clearly say, you can't win some certain games based off performance. You you just gotta win, you just gotta find a way to get that dub, whether you like it or not. So don't get twisted. I'm not saying man United performed well this season because I don't know a single game in which we've performed well. I, I couldn't tell you because one, I haven't been watching. I've, I've watched, but I I chose not to watch for a good reason. But for you to like, I, I think it's so insane for you to quickly just say we're we're suddenly better than Man United. Like form wise, form wise, you, you're probably not even because you you've only just won like two games in a row for the first time in how long? Like, yes. are you even above us in the table? Now? Right in terms of form, but then but I, that's why I said I think as the see that's why I said as the scene progress. So when we get by. The point of December, I do feel like Chelsea should be able to create a gap from now to the end of December from United. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna add another Chelsea fan. Oh yeah, because, because I'm 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 scared. We got we got the Brown Bayless back with us. Abbas Yunus is another Chelsea fan. Abbas, Richard said that right now, based off the two wins, I'm gonna present the evidence to the court. Right, based off your two wins and one in the cup and then one against Fulham. He said that now that um, Chelsea are in a much better form than Man United. I don't know why we're comparing it to Man United, but we are. 
and he said like they're gonna May United is not their competition. Is it is it crack or do you see that too? Do you know what? It's a bit of crack because Man United kind of is a, their competition right now because we both stink. Like we both good clubs historically, but we both stink. The mm. only thing is, I said this because I've got bets with a few of my boys. That if I lose, they're gonna feed me, and if I and if they United finish higher than Chelsea, I have to feed them type of thing. And I said football in a week is a long time. And if you look at it in a week's time, all of us with Chelsea fans, including me, we are now happy. We're sitting, we're like, okay, we can go ahead, beat Burnley. After the in- international break, these fixtures that we've got are not going to be as difficult. But the only thing I'll say is, it's like you have to consist- consistently stay there. You've got to be able to pick up these points. I think one thing with us that looks good now is that it doesn't look like we concede goals. Uh, we struggle to score, but we've got a backline that works. Like Sanchez has, I think, the most clean sheets in the league with three. All right, granted, we played, what, seven, eight games, whatever it is. But I think he's got the most clean sheets. So we've got something there. But I think Mudrick scoring is a big thing. But right now, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm part of the hype. Like, I'm, I'm in the hype because we've got two wins in a row. But it only continues if we beat Burnley. If we lose to Burnley or we draw to Burnley, it's going to be that same thing where the reaction we're going to be reactionary and say we struggle again we can't score goals we can't do this we can't do that so we kind of still have to beat Burnley to be able to fully believe the hype going into them fixtures that everyone keeps talking about so we're going, not- so going yeah. into the Burnley game like the Abbas derby yeah do yeah. you see it <laughs> do, do you see it as like this is the start of something new where it's a high school musical for Chelsea like are you ready are you man ready to start pushing on because I st- like I feel it's I feel it's still a bit egregious to say that only because like you lot have been out for a long time. Like two wins doesn't mean anything just yet. If it's like three wins on the bounce in the league, you're keeping these clean sheets. I'm like, okay, cool. Chelsea starts cooking. But like one in the cup, which clearly cup means nothing because we beat Palace in the cup and then they beat us at Old Trafford. Do you know what I mean? So like cup games are cup games. But then beating Fulham at home for, uh, away, sorry, fair enough. Yeah, you've done it. 2-0. Do you, not, do you not think you need like a bit more results? Like if you beat Burnley now and then your next game you win, then you start thinking, okay, the tables are turning. But yeah. I feel like... I'd say it depends also on the performance a bit. Like, because when we played Fulham, that was probably the most complete performance we've had all season because Fulham didn't look like they were a threat considering they drew to Arsenal 2-2. So I think the fact that we got the win doesn't get that much credit because if we're looking at Arsenal we're hyping over Arsenal a bit, fact that they drew 2-2, but we made them look like a mediocre team mm. is a big thing. If we beat Burnley, again, it goes down to the performance because I expect us to beat them. Um, I'm kind of still waiting on what I call the Conte moment because remember when he had that against Arsenal where we were down, he was like, right, I'm going to go ahead and do this, switch it up, and then we went on that run. I think we're bubbling into that. When we have the fixtures post-international break, if we can win back-to-back games there, because I think we play Arsenal and then there's Brentford in there and Newcastle and all them boys. If we go on a run where we win three out of four of them, then yeah, you can say, or even two out of four and then draw to Arsenal or whatever, then you can say, but right now we're bubbling into it. But I expect us to beat Burnley. It's just more on this, the performance. Then I can turn around and say, yeah, okay, Pochettino's cooking considering we've had so many players out and stuff. Now I can say, but right now, again, I'm 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 in there. I'm in the zone with Pochettino. He's winning me over a bit because we've been. You gotta think. Last year we had nothing, so the fact that we got back to back wins, it's just a big thing that we're going to get excited over the smallest of things. And realistically, Brighton in a cup, 
Fulham in a derby that you normally cruise is small things. But we're mm. going to get excited about it naturally. Burnley is a small thing. It's expected, but we will get excited about it. When them fixtures hit post-international break, that's when, yeah, okay, then people can come be like, okay, Chelsea are kind of for real or it's just back to where they were type of thing. But for now, if we beat Burnley, it bubbles. It's It really actually hits when we get through them fixtures and we see how we are after the first three or four. Mm. You know what? That makes sense. I, I agree with that. I, I mess with that. That makes sense. Richard, what you said, what well, I thought was egregious. But about that... That makes sense. Like, Sam, you can agree, like, looking from the outside in as a City fan, you can agree, right? Yeah, um, I can agree. But I think even what Bass said, the post-international um, break, it'll be difficult to judge them because they do have some difficult fixtures. I've seen I've seen the fixture they've got, and they've got City in there. They've got, um, I believe they've got Newcastle, they've got Arsenal, they've got Brentford. Like, the next, like, yeah, the next, like, seven games is very difficult. So, yes... Hypothetically, if they do get some points, people are going to say, yeah, da, 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 da. but it, it does look like a situation where they could probably lose the majority of those games and they win. So it'll be back to Chelsea fans being sorrow and, and, and complaining oh, and making noise. The thing is, if we went into them games with the fi- with the run of form that we had prior to, let's say, winning three in a row, I think a lot of people would expect us to lose them games. Because I saw some people going through the list of like, no, Brentford can beat them, Newcastle, Tottenham, everyone can beat them. Yeah, they can. But now if we go into them off the back of three wins, that narrative no, changes. That yeah, narrative- it changes, but it's the three wins against who? You, 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 you're, like, uh, Chelsea is a situation where they're talking about winning games and saying we're, we're on a roll. Like, winning the cup games are relevant because people change their teams. Like Tony said, United beat Crystal Palace and then they got pammed in the league. The three points is your bread and butter. So, yeah, you beat Burnley, but Burnley's different to playing a Brentford or playing a Newcastle or a City. The expectation is going to be different. I can't lie. Brent, Brentford, Brentford is a lot of hype. Brentford is a lot of hype. Because realistically, if you look at Brentford right now, they're not all that. Brighton's a bit no, of hype. But I'm saying that. But I'm saying you're saying if you go with, if you go into those games based on a three-game win where you played Fulham, which is Fulham are not in great form at the moment, you're closing a cup game against Brighton, which is irrelevant to them. We've seen how they're playing in Europe anyway. Very inconsistent. Then you're talking about a win over Burnley that is Burnley. It's not yeah. you expect Chelsea you. expected to beat Burnley. So the real we're tests are gonna come where the money spent, these big boys you play. Yeah, but my point is we're expected to be 60% of the league anyway. But based off what you saw last season, even coming into this year, to get three wins in a row for Chelsea is a big thing at this moment. Yeah, in- but- but it wouldn't change my narrative, though. You beating Burnley is not going to say, oh, now you've got those other guys. Oh, it's, it's a bit different. They're going into it with three. I'm like, okay, you beat Burnley. So you'll hear everybody say, well, you know, if you look at Brentford, they've had three losses in the last four, whereas Chelsea are now picking up three wins in a row. There's a bit of thing with Chelsea. Going yeah, but... narrative will change. Because- the narrative will change, but if you know ball, you've got to use context. Okay, what context are we using? Like, who have you beat? If, if you'd beat... I don't know, an Arsenal or Spurs, then, okay, maybe Chelsea are back. But you're saying Burnley, cool, I get the position that Chelsea are in now, but most of the games that Chelsea have lost, everyone has expected them to win anyway. So that's my whole point. It's not like you're going against a juggernaut and then you go and upset the apple cart and then people can say, oh, damn, do you know what? Chelsea might be back. They've beaten a Liverpool, they've beaten a Spurs, or they've beaten a, a Brighton in an actual league game, not a cup game, which is irrelevant to them. But yeah, the, Ch- the Chelsea fan might know more than me. Maybe, maybe that's how loads the Chelsea standards have dropped in it. So, yeah, because I can tell you this right now this year, for the first time, I would be happy to win the League Cup. 
like for the first time I could say I'd be happy to win the League Cup because we haven't won anything in a while. Forgetting the Champions League positioning and all that, I'm not here about participating. Winning the League Cup, I understand why it holds a bit of value now because we've been starving for trophies for such a long time. But yeah, no, I'd be happy to win the League Cup anyway. And now, yeah, what are you smiling about? Yeah, bro, I won the, listen, <laughs> you know, I was there at Wembley screaming. I was there at Wembley screaming when we won the League Cup. So yeah, yeah I was starving. So I, I get it. <laughs> I get it exactly where you're coming from. I get it. I get it. When your team's ass, it'd it, it be like that sometimes. Um, I was really going to City. Like, domestically, obviously you won in the Champions League over the week against uh, Leipzig. But you lost to Wolves and you were knocked out in the League Cup to um, uh, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Are you guys human? Why well, go on for Haaland? And is Julian Alvarez here to stay? Like, is he here to take over Haaland's mantle or am I reading into this too soon? I think, I think Damn, that's you're reading into it too soon. I'm not saying he's going to take over Haaland. He's not going to get the Premier League record. But Haaland hasn't really done much. I saw one Haaland stat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It was like Haaland's only scored one. Like I think, when was his last goal? Was it against Wolves? No, his last goal was against... Who did we play? I can't remember, you know. I know he, anyway. he has scored in the last five Champions League games, but his last goal was against um who is it? I think it's it was, who did we beat five one? Fulham, yeah, Fulham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he scored a hat trick. So someone's someone said that like Haaland's score. So when Haaland scores, like it doesn't affect the game the sense of like so obviously, like do you know when you use it's nil-nil, I let's say I score, I put mm-hmm. my team in a winning position. Mm-hmm. Or I scored an equalizer. I put my like, I scored an equalizer for my team. Apparently, mm-hmm. Harlem's goals always come when you're winning. Uh, that's a lie. Because no, no, bro. I, I saw the stats. No, it's, 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 it's a lie because he scored against Sheffield United when it was it was nil nil and he scored the first goal. So that's a lie. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, other than that, like it was only like other than like two goals. All of them have been like, let me find it. Let me find it. Yeah, but I think sometimes we, we look into things too much because like as good as Julian Alvarez is, if he was our number one option as I don't think that would be good enough for us like in terms of Haaland he's a machine and he's just there to get goals and he doesn't mm. add value outside of that which is cool because we've got other players that are better that can that can do that but mm. we've seen that with Haaland to get the best out of him you need someone with a De Bruyne that's got a forward pass first instinct that's going to try and push the try and push the ball further and get um Haaland onto it whereas when you've got Bernardo Silva Bernardo Silva Foden, all those type of guys, they're very intricate and they sometimes they pass sideways and they hold on to the ball for too too long. We've seen it where um the first game of the season when against Burnley, where he where Harlan was angry because Bernardo Silva had the ball and he had like 10 touches and he's like, no, give me the ball first time. So it's going back to how the issues we had last season where Harlan's open, but a lot of our creative players are not very as direct. Like we've got COVID chips, he's a guy that's He's a ball carrier, but yeah. he's not always, okay, let me have a progressive pass. Maybe it's, you know, it's a controller type of narrative. And I think now that we've got Doku, which is, who is an attacker that likes to take people on and get to the bar line, I think that will help, um, that will help Haaland more. But we just need our creative player to be more creative and have progressive passes. But I'm not worried about Haaland because you will say, look, okay, he hasn't scored in XYZ games and you'll go on a run 
in eight games, he'll score 15 goals. And everyone will say, oh, it's not fair. Take him out of the top goal scorer. Without the machine, it's son. He's top goal scorer. So let's not, let's not worry about that. He's still got more goals than Chelsea, I believe, anyway, in the league. So, you know, is what it is. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So forget that Harlan thing then. In regards to the loss against Newcastle and the loss against the Wolves, mm-hmm. is that a concern for you as a fan? Because obviously, like, you're here to defend the treble, you're here to win the league. A loss against Wolves, I, think, I don't think anyone expected that. No, obviously, no. I think Pep was in the stands because he had, like, three yellow cards or something. Does that show that you're not a human or is it just a blip in the system? City don't normally get going until, like, post-January. Is it? Is it? Is it that thing again? No, I think it is a, it's just a little glitch in the system and you know, we are human. And it just shows you how difficult it is to go unbeaten. And you have to credit Arsenal for that invincible season that he did. And since then, really? the, Premier League, saying, the Premier League has changed. And, you know, as much as, you know, there's parity and stuff like that, um, there is a gap, but all the teams are spending money. And I just think in that game, I think because we're so used to playing Rodri as the controller and he knows how to manoeuvre from defence to midfield, I think when he doesn't play, our... Uh, back up to, to his position aren't as good and good as Rodri in that position that can re- read it. And sometimes we always see when Rodri doesn't play, we always get caught in a counter-attack. And that's one thing like when we had Fernandinho, he would make those tactical fouls so we can regroup. And uh, we saw it, Kev, um, Kelvin Phillips against Newcastle and against um, uh, Wolves. He was at fault for the two goals, the like the two winning goals. And it's, he, he doesn't have to read the game, the game properly. But to, to me, I'm not bothered about it because the League Cup, we won it four years in a row. It didn't make sense because allegedly, if when we go to the World Club Championship, I think the quarterfinals would have been like two days after you play in wherever it is this year, if it's Japan or Saudi Arabia, wherever it is. So mm. in terms of that, it just gives us some time to recoup and um, rest. And we lost to Newcastle, um, we lost to Newcastle, lost to Wolves, but then went to the cham- went into the Champions League against a very good young team in RB Leipzig and it, it turned out looking convincing the scoreline might flatter to deceive but we scored three goals and we kept it moving you know Pep was able to rest some players Bernardo Silva was able to get some game time for the big game on um, Sunday which I think will be very good in terms of playing him and Kovacic in the pivot but I'm not worried about it man like there's worse things that could happen to your team than losing two back-to-back games for the first time since 2018 like you know it's not that bad what? That's a mad stat. I mean, that's a mad stat. Oh, so that's a crazy it, stat. Bro, Wait, how does it feel for you knowing bro, that? Honestly, I don't think that... Nah, you literally just said that's the first time City have lost back-to-back games for the first time in, since 2018. Yeah, it's not something we do, man. Bro, that's when I graduated you. So you're telling me City have not... <laughs> nah, bro, you're telling me City have not lost back-to-back games since I graduated uni. There oh, you go. My there you day. go. That's insane. That's why people are making such a big deal out of it. And it seems like what I was saying to Bass. Yes, we lost back-to-back games, but one of them was a League Cup game against... It's not even back-to-back league games. Exactly. It's, a, it's one one against a Newcastle that was vibrant, that was getting ready for the Champions League game. You know, when you go up north, Geordieland, it's different, isn't it? So yeah. that was a Premier League game for them and, and we couldn't just match their intensity. Do you know what I mean? We took the L, we kept it moving. Damn. That's a damning stat. So quickly, going on to, um, th- obviously, this weekend. And James, I want to come to you for this. Uh, City don't have Rodri 
I think you don't have Rodri for this game. As an Arsenal fan, yeah, do you see it like, all right, no Rodri? Can can we get out, can we get at City? Is if if we're gonna chase City, is this the time to get at City? Arsenal are not winning that game. You know, I'm an Arsenal fan. I've been here. I've done it. Arsenal not winning that game. Like it's happened before. That game where Arsenal scored first against City. All of a sudden, it was one-one, and then Rodri scored that injury time goal to win the whole thing. Arsenal mm. played incredible, and City still won. It doesn't matter what Arsenal turn up. City will still win because Arsenal don't have it. Arsenal haven't even looked incredible this season. So let alone mm. to go to City that need to prove that they're not human. And do you think Arsenal are going to stop Haaland? Like, that's one game where you know Arsenal, like Haaland's leaving with something. So, like, as much as I'd love for Arsenal to do something, I'm still expecting a Man City win. No, I hear it. I I, I hear it. <laughs> I hear it. Like, <laughs> need I say more? Need I say more? Anyway, that was our football section, and now it's time for this. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. Justin Jefferson pulled it in. The catch of his life. More shorthanded. Here comes Hines again. Oh, my goodness. Can he do it twice? Is this for real? Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. 101 yards. Hurts has all day loaded up, taking a shot, looking for AJ Brown. He's got it. Touchdown. Right now, we are on to our NFL section. And boy, we, <laughs> we we missed a lot since our last NFL section. <laughs> um, I don't know, you know what you know what I'm gonna do. I'm not even gonna mention it. I'm I'm gonna be like the Denver Broncos and not even tweet the final score. Joel, so jarring. I was in uh, Marbella at the time. Was I in Marbella? No, yes, yeah, so I was in Marbella, but I went to um, Seville for the day, so I went to go watch the Betis game. So I'm in. A, Watching the Betis game, and I'm just seeing the score run up, run up, and people texting me like, "Yo, what? Bro, bro, what? Did on you? Did it want to hit yeah, the highest score? I was, they, no, you know they did not tweet. So normally, like after every win, loss, the Broncos, like or every team, every yeah. team tweets the final score. We didn't tweet it, bro, and we still not to this day. To this <laughs> day, we've not tweeted it, and so they should. But forget that. That's all I'm mentioning about that. I'm not no, even no, a the final. Like, score. You might- the funniest thing about this entire thing is Miami took pity on you because they didn't want to go for the most points ever in a game. Listen, like, and granted for Mike McDaniel because he was a Broncos ball boy. So granted, I, I would have, like me as two, I would have taken it personally because of what Sean Payton said. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Let me drop 70, let me drop 77 on, on him because he said I'm going to get benched for uh, Teddy Bridgewater this season. So I would have said, coach, let me just, let's, let's just run up the score, please, man. Just shut him up. Sean Payton's my guy, but. Yeah. No, I hear it. No, do you know what it is? I even saw this against our first win of the season against the Bears, barely. It's, I went off this podcast and other podcasts saying like, okay, 
we've finally got our coach, we've got our QB, we have a good defense, we have a somewhat of a decent offense now, and we're, we're going to cook this year. And the reason we haven't been cooking is because of our defense. And it's weird because we've gone from having a top 10 defense to now just being completely ass. And as you saw against the Dolphins, we were completely ass. As you saw against the first half in the Bears, bro, we had Justin yeah. Field, we had Cole Komet looking like prime Travis Kelsey. Like, it was insane. So, from that, it's just don't go back to a defense. Well, this is the thing. Mark Joseph is our defensive coordinator. He used to be our head coach and we fired him and then we rehired mm. him as a defensive coordinator. It's just taught me don't go back to an ex because we've literally just, like, gone from having the best top 10 defense or even a top five defense in the league to having the worst defense in the league. Do you think that's the case, though? I, I don't think, like, I've... Obviously, yeah, this man. is not... Like, this don't don't we have injuries. Hmm. Like, we have injuries. Justin Simmons didn't play. K-Jack's only come back. Frank Clark's out. Um, I think Josie Jewell's still out. We've had some injuries. And we've even made cuts now. Randy Gregory, who we signed last season for, like, 70 million of free agency, we cut him. So we It's made not just him. you. The, the, the AFC West is just cursed because Chandler Jones has been cut. And who's yeah. the other guy? Crazy CJ Jackson. 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 He's gone to the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. To the Patriots. Yeah. No, the AFC West, is, AFC West is cursed. But we've just gone, like... To go from a top 10 defence to the worst defence in the league with the same personnel, like, something's up. Do you know what I mean? But the only thing that's changed is the do, do you think it's actual... T- like, this is not me. This is from what I'm seeing from, like, other shows that I've watched, like, in America. Some mm. guys are thinking some of the personnel are quitting on Sean Payton. And maybe they don't like how he's come in and how he's done certain stuff. And Because, like you said, you can't go from being a top... Just say top 10 defence to... A defense that's smelly, and when you look at it, yeah. you did perform bad against the Bears. But then you look at what the Bears did to the Commanders yesterday. Maybe, maybe the Bears are are decent on offense. I don't know. I don't think they are. But look, they they smoked um, the Commanders yesterday, forty to twenty. Um, what's it called? Justin Fields were looking like Patrick Mahomes out there. So I don't know. <clears throat> Do you know what it is? Or just to go on your point with that. So, like, like you said, the Broncos have been known for a defensive team. Like, every, when you think of the Broncos, you don't think of the head coach, you don't think of the offense, you think of the defense. When you think of the Broncos right now, you don't think of the defense. Like, all this preseason coming in, the only thing people were really thinking about was mm. Sean Payton. So, he mm. kind of made the Broncos about himself, whether he did it on purpose, whether he did it just by being Sean Payton and the name coming in. The entire focus just heavily went on this offensive mastermind. And people mm. didn't really think of the defense type of thing. So, like you said, not necessarily. I, I think he might have got a few people up the wrong way. Like, for example, Pete Carroll did, did it in um, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle, yeah. Even though they were winning, people were not happy with Pete Carroll uh, in terms of being a coach and everything of that sort. Sean Payton can be similar in this way. Like, Sean Payton, for everything that he did in New Orleans, coming into a team that's heavily random defense, and the whole focus is now, he's an offensive mastermind. He's going to do this to Russell Wilson. He's going to make them do this. No no acknowledgement whatsoever. The defense can be frustrating. But at the same time, be a, be men and play the game. Like This is the thing. Like, if we can play the game, boys, come on. If our, defense, like, if our defense has gone from, okay, let's say top 10 to top 15 or top 20, you're like, okay, yeah, you know what? We're, we're focusing on the offense. This is what we've been doing. This is the game plan. But we're the, bro, we literally played the worst defensive game in the NFL history, whether we like it or not. Like, we, we literally could have... They could have broken a record if they wanted to, and they decided not to. 
So nah. this is this is a personnel thing. Like it's it's Vance Joseph. We need to fire Vance Joseph ASAP because our defense just looks ass. But Fair then, enough, we have some injuries, but our defense just looks completely ass, completely ass. Like cheeks. I'm talking prime Meg the Stallion. That's what we look like at the moment, bro. So, and because we like, bro, Russ hasn't been bad. Russ has been yeah, actually playing good. Russ has been I playing secretly that. good. But then I think there's another issue, like what we're saying as well. Like, I think they need to kind of tone it down. And it's, they've made the Broncos like more of a show when the Broncos have always been a franchise that's gone under the radar and just done what they've done. Because even a lot of pros are saying, cool, whatever Sean Payton thinks of Russ, and the issue that he had in the relationship they, they have together, when they was getting trounced like that, a, a quarterback that's most likely going to go in the Hall of Fame, why why didn't you not take him out of the firing line? Because, cool, he was already getting smoked, but you left him in to be part of that team that got 70 dropped on him. Yes, he was going to be part of it already, but once they scored 50 or whatever, you knew there was no coming back. Take him out of the game, Russ, and then put someone else in. So, again, yeah. this is where Sean Payton has to be very careful because at the end of the day, yes, you've got a big contract, but everyone's expendable. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't mean that you're, you're going to be there for the foreseeable future. And in this situation, the Waltons, as the owners, might say, look, we can't just throw Russ's contract under the bus. It's like 260 million. Why do you want to just give that away? They're either going to choose the coach or the quarterback. Do you know what I mean? So Sean Payne has to kind of play it careful because it's not the relationship that he had in... Um, New Orleans with Mickey Loomis and the owners, the Bennett family and so forth. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And the thing is now, because our next game is, what, against the Jets. And this was supposed to be the whole, this was supposed to be the Nathaniel Hackett game. But because we're both one and three, no one really cares about it anymore. Like this was the game that was going to be like, oh, Nathaniel Hackett versus Sean Payne. He said this about him. Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Wilson. You know I mean, Aaron Rodgers, like this was, but because of how the season panned out, and Abbas, we were saying this off air, like, no one really cares about the... It's, it's a bit meh at the moment. So it's not the end of the well, but oh, with the Broncos, man, we're just ass. Like, until Vance Joseph goes, we need to start that defence. But enough about the Denver, because I'm tired of them. I'm tired of them people, man. I am really, really, really tired of them people. I want to quickly talk about Joe Shiesty. Um, The Bengals look ass. They look ass once again. And... I'm getting a bit nervous, you know. I'm getting a bit nervous with my guy Joe because I love him. I think he's that guy. And after, if you saw Jamar Chase after the game, he was like, <laughs> "I'm open. I'm always effing open." So, like, what is it? Because first, obviously, it was the injury, but it looks like there's it's, there's more to it. Like, what are we gonna talk? What are we gonna be talking about with Joe Shiesty? Is it is it one of them ones where the Bengals need to figure it out fast or? Just give it time. They'll get there. This is still the second best team in the AFC. Or, Bro, or you, you, you got you got to realize he was he was injured during the off season, and then mm. preseason he wasn't really able to make have any snaps. And when you're injured and you're a QB that wants to be in the pocket, and your O line is a bit terrible, and you're injured, it don't help you. Mm. And they're in they're in a very tough stack division as well as a conference. So. Can they, can they come out of it? We'll have to see. If they can get to the bye week and be 500, then they've always got a shot. But if they go 4-1, and 5-1, or, you know, 4-2 uh, and two or whatever, then it's going to be looking a bit bleak because you, they have to play the Browns again. They've got to play the Ravens. 
they got Pittsburgh in their division. You know, Pittsburgh are smelly, but it's a divisional game. So mm. I'm not too worried yet, but if they get to the bye week and they're not 500, then we've got to start saying, you know what, maybe we might have to shut it down and just reevaluate for next season. Do you know what? I'm the opposite. I'm probably a bit more worried than even some Bengals fans are because it's not even about them. They're not in control of their own destiny at this moment. The Ravens have won two games against two divisional guys, including themselves. So you've got that. On top mm. of that, like you said about Jamar Chase, start with the Bengals didn't actually score a touchdown for, I think, about six quarters of football. Like they didn't, I believe it was five or six quarters of football. They didn't actually score a touchdown. So if you really do that, that's a game and a half they didn't score a touchdown. As for Jamar Chase, he's yet to score a touchdown. The only game where they actually looked good was against the Ravens. And even then, they gave up, they scored, and then the defence goes and gives up a touchdown and flips the complete momentum side of things. Even the victory against the Rams, it took them to the third quarter to score a touchdown. In the first time, I can see, in this case, for Joe Burrow, they're struggling to score. Like Their backbone was always being able to score. You looked at them, they're like, these guys are complete with Buffalo. They can compete with Kansas, the Eagles, um, any other team you want to throw out there that was scoring heavy, the San Francisco 49ers, the Bengals can compete with them. And right now, even if they're giving up hardly any points, which they're not because of what happened with Tennessee, they're still struggling to score. Joe Burrows is injured. Like he, He's one of them guys where he's playing through the injury when the reality should have been. He probably shouldn't have played game week one and even yeah. allowed potentially game week two. What he's done now is, by him playing, credit to him for all playing and everything, he's put his team in a position where they're one and three. And now if you drop out for a couple of games, you could be one and five. And then you're looking at the division and you're like, right, we can't actually win the division now because the Baltimore Ravens might even beat the Cleveland Browns on Sundays or whenever they play this week. So mm-hmm. now we're so far behind in the division. To get into the playoffs itself and get a wild card spot, we might need to, in some ways, run the table or go 80% into the table. I think they've got issues everywhere. Like I said, the offensive line isn't the best. They don't actually run the ball as well as people think they do. It's a very pass-heavy offense. And if Jamar Chase is scoring, T. Higgins is doing bits, but not a lot. This entire structure of the Cincinnati Bengals looks like that Cincinnati Bengals with the Fontes Burfitt type of thing, where they would <laughs> be a player where they're going to explode. Right now, they're not even exploding off one player. They're just continuously going to explode. I think if I'm Bengals fans, I'm actually worried because a lot of this isn't even in their control. And mm. if Joe Burrow gets hurt a little bit more, he's going to sit out. And he's got the money. Joe Burrow's got the I'm not saying he's motivated by the money. I think he's one of the few that he looks at Josh Allen. Uh, he looks at uh, Patrick Mahomes and he's like, these guys are in my conference and they're going to either Super Bowls. Oh, well, Josh Allen, to be fair, hasn't. He's been to a Super Bowl, so he's tasted that Super Bowl bug. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's motivated about money, but he will probably end up realizing himself. I've got, I've got the money. I can live to play another season, so he might even want to shut himself down. And if he ever pushes that across, that's where you have like Zach Taylor and the conflict there potentially coming across, or they're overplaying him or underplaying him. So if I'm Bengals fans right now, I'm worried because you're not in. It's not in your control, and if he stays unhealthy and you keep losing games, he will shut himself down probably to fight another season and that's going to hamper your season even more. Bro, yeah, you you, you said it perfectly there, man, because if he, yeah, you're right, because if he if he doesn't sit out now or doesn't get himself 100% healthy, 
He's literally just thrown away the season. And especially your season after you've just signed a mega contract, it just looks bad. But uh, I want to go towards the Bills because they are playing in London on Sunday uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And Abash, you're going to be going. We, 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 Sam, go on. I said, that's my yearly tradition. One time in London each year. If I have to make it, it'll be for an NFL game. <laughs> right. It makes sense. Uh, Sam, you spoke about the Bills earlier, I think, in a couple mm. uh, couple podcasts ago. You were saying, um, like, this is their, this is the last time in their project. Have you liked what you're seeing from the Bills so far and Josh Allen? Um, the last couple of games, I've, I've liked what I've seen. Um, I liked how they kind of dismantled Miami. I was very surprised because at first it was, it was, it was definitely a shootout. Me and Abbas mm. in the future, I was talking about it. it was very offensive. Two was looking good. Josh Allen was looking good. And they, they were just both countering each other. And then we saw, you know, the Bills make a few stops. And then Stefan Diggs showed up. I believe he got four touchdowns, I think, or three. One of the, I have a three or four anyway. And he mm. balled out. And we saw that chemistry between Josh Allen and um, Stefan Diggs there again. And we saw Josh Allen do what he does best playing as a like it's a word like it's a power quarterback in it where he's aggressive he's running he's you know he's running over guys he's throwing them darts and that's what you want to see from um that's what you want to see from um the bills and josh allen so the last couple games i have been very impressed with them um let's see what happens when it hits crunch time and they're playing another good team but so far I think they have been good. And like we just discussed, I think in the AFC, no one has really been stand out because if you look at the Chiefs, they haven't really been that great. They haven't really put up a lot of points. Um, you can see the transition from um, Patrick Mahomes and Eric BNB not being there um, and him missing some pieces on offense as well. So I think the AFC is very open. Um, I'm going to digress here a bit, but... I'm liking the look of the NFC and especially the 49ers. Abbas, we got a great game over the weekend, the 49ers against the Cowboys. Let's go. The Niners, we're doing it. We're, we're going to do it. But um, I think at the moment, the NFC probably is a little bit better, but the Who AFC is more stacked in terms of more teams. Do you know what? With the Bills, this is the thing. I, I said this like when I was doing another recording, episode, I said that a lot of hype is going into Miami, but people aren't watching the Bills. The Bills are putting up 30... Out, take game week one out of it. For the last three games, they put up high 30s in each of their games. Against the Miami Dolphins, they put up 48, I want to say. Um, and I think you said it with Stefan Diggs, but another one, another target that Josh has, and that's why I'll call him now the three-headed monster, is Gabe Davis. He's scoring mm. touchdowns each game and I, I think what you'll see now is his yards are going to increase and Josh Allen will build that chemistry a lot more with him where his touchdowns are going to increase. He'll be another red zone threat. I look at the Buffalo Bills and a lot of hype goes into Miami because of their style of offense. But really the Buffalo Bills are still the cream of cream of the crop in that division. Like they will still win that division. Crunch time comes to it. They'll be able to make plays. Like I said, it was an offensive shootout. Buffalo make a defensive play. All of a sudden, Miami are playing from behind. You're like, okay, wait a minute. They've not scored on that possession. Now they're down two scores. How are you going to react? You're not going to react. And Buffalo go ahead and pile on a bit more pressure. I think there has been a little bit of overhype in Miami. I understand why, because of what they did to Denver. 
But let's if we bring no, it back, I, I do think there is a little bit of hype on Miami. I get I get why I get why that that offense is explosive. I, I say yeah, that's what I have to say. It very is explosive. Explosive to beat Miami, you have to outscore them. But it's a thirty point shootout type of thing. It's like the Denver Broncos back in the day with Manny. You weren't ever beating them by getting them to score under twenty points or whatever like that. You had to score over thirty points to beat them. <laughs> the Chiefs for a bit were similar as well. Philadelphia Eagles last year. And I think that's what Buffalo were able to do. They were somehow able to neutralise Miami and stop them from hitting that 30-point mark where it becomes that shootout. And in turn, they made it their game. And that's why I still look at Buffalo and I think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. I said before the fact that Joe Burrows has been to the Super Bowl. He's had the Super Bowl ball. Um, what's his name? Patrick Mahomes has won multiple Super Bowls. He's got the Super Bowl book. He's the king of the NFL right now. Josh Allen's like lurking there. Like, when am I next? I should be there. I should be in the mix. And he's not been in the mix. So I think they are all playing with a chip on their shoulder. First, because of Miami hype. But two, especially for Josh Allen, he's probably looking at his counterparts thinking, I need to be there now. I need to be in that Super Bowl come February. Because otherwise, in this in playoff time, the conversation is going to be the same thing, that the Buffalo Bills fall short. Because New England Patriots, when they were the top of that division, they were always representing the AFC. Right now, they haven't had it represented from the AFC from that division. And I think Buffalo probably are... I'm not saying they're on borrowed time for this, but I think they are a bit more itchy to be able to get to the Super Bowl. But yeah, I think a lot of people are going to pay attention more to Buffalo now because of what they did to Miami. But if you look at what they did to Washington and the game before, they put up high 30 points. I still, I think this is probably the best offense right now. Yeah, In no, what? In the AFC, you mean, or... I would say in the AFC, I think, don't get me wrong, San Francisco for me right now. I was about to say that. With, Sam, yeah. with football, it has to be San Fran. Like, the weapons they've got are crazy. They are, but I, I still believe if Buffalo played them, I, I would bet San Francisco myself. No. I mean, sorry, no, I'd bet Buffalo in the Super Bowl, yeah. But no, but you know why? You, you, it's difficult because that's why, in terms of what Buffalo did, I rate it, but I don't take too much into it because it's a divisional game. It's a conference game. Let's see how they do this in Miami because. What in terms of how you beat Buffalo, you've got to be able to run the ball. And San Francisco can run the ball with um CMC. And then you've got Debo who's shifty. Then you've got Brandon Ayuk. Then you've got Kittles. Then you've got the playmakers on defense, Bosa, Warner. And then you got the guy in the middle, in the pocket, that just as Tony was cusses him, Mr. Irrelevant, calls him ass. But he's just able to do what he needs to do. He doesn't do anything Mr. special. Mr. Irrelevant, title, bro. Like, he was it, the last pick of the draft. Actually, he's, he's officially Mr. Irrelevant. He's probably one of the best Mr. Irrelevants you'll know, you know. Like, Brock Purdy yeah, I, I don't hate Brock Purdy, but I can do his job. And... <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, in terms of overall, from back to front, I think it's going to be very difficult to beat um, San Francisco because they've got that... They've got like a free-headed monster. And if they want to run the ball, that, that Shanahan offense, which a lot of all these guys come from now, Lafleur, um, McDaniels, um, if you can run the ball, it allows you to do so much stuff with the play action and allowing your quarterback just to do the bare minimal. So it'll definitely be a good game, but I'm always going with the Niners because I love them. I, can't even know, I, I love them. You know why I can't go with the 49ers in crunch time? It's got nothing to why? do with the players. One person and one person only. Oh, you've you got to go Carl Shanahan. 
you will never ever get me to believe Kyle Shanahan can win the big ones. I'm sorry, nah, man. <laughs> Don't do that, bro, man. Don't do that to him. Man. He's a top coach. Don't do that to him, man. No, nah, he's not a terrible coach, man. Yeah, I don't think he's a terrible coach. I think he's a terrible coach. But you know, you got the Falcons one. Then you got when they played Kansas City Chiefs. There's two Super Bowls you lost. You yeah, but the, the Chiefs one was was Jimmy G though. Poor star Jimmy though. It was poor star Jimmy. He overthrew yeah, yeah. that ball. And you're only, bro. You're only as good as your quarterback. And Mister Irrelevant's good. I mean, he's no, just... no, but in the Carl Shanahan offense, I'll look yeah. good. Bro, if you see the numbers, you, you see Mr. Relevant, yeah? He's so efficient. Like, I'll see his numbers. He's like, he's like, he's like 19 of 21 and he's got 245 yards. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's run with that. Yeah, right. He's not bad. No, but listen, all right. That's enough for our NFL section. And now it's time for this. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down to Now we are on to our basketball. Boom, that's crazy. Now we're on to our basketball section, and we haven't done basketball section in a minute because the NMB, the N, the NBA oh. is finally starting this month. Um, we're back. Women Yama, we're going to see him play. Uh, the big trades, Dame, Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard has finally decided to run away from the grind, but he's finally decided to do it in Milwaukee. Um, I want to get you guys' takes on this. So the freeway trade, which sees the likes of like Drew Holiday go to the Celtics. So you got traded, well, you got traded and then you got traded against the Celtics. But Dame to the Bucks. Does this make the Bucks automatic contenders? We've seen them win a title without Dame. Now they're adding a Dame that is not Dame in his prime, but he can still be somewhat of the Damian Lillard we want to know. So if you add a top I'm going to put it this way. If you add a top 75 NBA player, because he was officially in that, he was in the top 75 NBA all time, which is, I think it's kind of crazy, but he was in there. If you add a top 75 to this Bucks team, plus Giannis, does this automatically make the Milwaukee Bucks contenders? The floor is out, yeah. When did them come off his prime? When, when he was barely playing. I'm not like... Oh, okay. Last season was not the same Portland playoff game I've been seeing. Do you know what I mean? Oh, playoff game doesn't exist anyways, to be fair. No, but come on. We've seen him have two um, game-winning shots, series-winning shots, rather. Done it once once against... Who was, who was the first one against? Houston. Houston, yeah. First one was against Houston, and then the second one was against... OKC. OKC, yeah. And he got his team to a Western Conference Finals as well. So, you know, you've got to give him some respect there. 
as as the original Dame Lillard hater, I'm gonna say this: it makes the Milwaukee Bucks probably the favorites to win the NBA championship because last year <clears throat> they were probably the favorites and they got upset. I would still say I would have I, every year for me now going into a season, I put the Milwaukee Bucks as a favorite because of how highly I value Giannis Antetokounmpo. Then on top of that, let's be honest, I always said, I don't think you need three All-Stars to win a championship in this current NBA. You need two and a half. And they kind of fit that. You've got Dame Lillard, who a, a lot of people criticise him because of the trade, but he'll have a lot of eyes on him. And he's one of them guys, as much as I like to bash on him, he's one of them that can step up and he's going to be able to get his numbers. And he's going to then, with his numbers in this team, will result in victories. Giannis is a freak. No pun intended on that. He is he is a very... He's probably a top... I'd say he's the best player still in the league for me. And then on top of that, you've still got Chris Middleton. Um, I think what would be interesting in this one is last year where you'd have Chris as the number two, Chris would probably be as the third best player on this team. And it's going to be interesting to see how he defers that particular role to allow Dame Lillard to be the second best guy. But yeah, I would probably say that the trade here makes the books the overwhelming favourites to um, win the championship. Just one quick question, Abbas. Yeah. Before you go, Richard, just one quick question. Obviously, you said Dame will become the second, like, the second go-to guy for the Bucks. But in crunch time, do you see him being the number one option? Because I do. I see Lillard being the number one option in crunch time. I get why you say that because he's the, that closer type of guy. I think the ball would be in his hand, and I understand why. Like that's fine. Like I can give him that number one option to be there. But again, I'd always say this for me because of how much I trust Giannis. Mm. I would not be surprised if again they're trying to get, get the ball in Dame's hand for the majority of the shot clock, but mm. then set up a play where Giannis is going to be the end focal point. But if it doesn't go to him, Dame can still be that guy to be able to close out a particular game. So either or, but I expect, like I said, if there's 24 seconds on the clock, Dame's going to have 18 of them, 24 seconds or 20 of them, that to allow the set play to be probably for Giannis. But again, if you need to pull up for three, they are going to probably trust Dame Lillard to be able to hit them shots. I think this trade, again, I used to bash Lillard. He gave it a go. He mm. tried to make it from Portland. There's no harm in making this move. It is a, it's, it's a two and a half, uh, headed monster in this in this particular team, which is all you really need right now in the NBA. So, what big three do you, or what what big what what dynamic or super team do you prefer? The the Suns or the Bucks? Because obviously the you Bucks. said you you see the the Bucks as being the best team, but I think um, I think the Suns have got the better trio if you look at it that way. I, I like the Bucks because I've always said this for me. Going into any season, I look because I have Giannis as the number one player in the in in, in ball right now. Anyway, mm. for me because they've been there, done it, won the chip beforehand. With I'd say most of the core guys to a point. Obviously, I think some would have been traded and stuff, but they have that element there to have been there, done it type of thing. And they've not never really fallen short short outside of last season. Whereas when you look at with Kevin Durant, a lot of his career now is falling short. Mm. Uh, I think you can potentially get mixed up with that dynamic. Like, this is what it's going to be a case of okay, this is what KD needs to do this year. Can he win this year finally? Mm. This going to be this year. That narrative all runs. Whereas the Milwaukee Bucks, they will slowly continue to always 
be in the top two of the Eastern Conference rankings. Whereas for me, I don't think the Phoenix Suns look at ranking as a big thing. When reality, yeah, yeah court is super important in the NBA. And I don't mm. think they play to that as well. And I think a lot of their players will more sit out and they're more injury prone. Whereas I think if you look at Milwaukee Bucks, they'll be like, well, we need to push for this number one seed as well. But yeah, no, I've always mm. said this. You put any team, line them up, I'm always picking the Milwaukee Bucks and this present NBA to be the NBA champions. What about in the East, though? Like, what about Drew Holiday adding them to the Celtics? What is that? Does that... Are we still going to take the Celtics seriously? Because the Celtics are not a bad side. We all know Jalen Brown's not a good ball handler. <laughs> they don't see right, that. He is left-handed. Bro, I don't know why someone uploaded that. But um, we all know Jalen... Jalen Brown's not a good ball handler. Tatum's going into his seventh year. And now we're looking at these Celtics. So they're going to get it done with this core. They've now added a, do- a decent ball handler, a decent two-way guard in Drew Holiday. Where does this put the Celtics amongst the Eastern Eastern favourites for you guys? I'm going to let you guys take this because I've got something that goes back a little bit, which is going to be interesting when these two teams play. But yeah, I'll let you guys take this first. Richard, I'll let you go first. Go on, Richard. Yes, I can. I think Tony said, where do you rank the Celtics in the Eastern Conference? Is that right? Is that, is that correct, Tony? Oh. Yeah, that's what I said. With, with the addition of Drew Holiday, where do you rank the Celtics in the Eastern Conference? Second. I think I think before any of the trades happened, I think they were second. And after the trades, I think they're second as well. Like, obviously, I think as Abbas said, I'm still going to give Giannis the benefit of the doubt being the best player in the league. And I said that Giannis has reached a stage whereas in I feel like he's so dominant that barring injury, I'll always pick he seems to be favourite in the East. And then when you go mm-hmm. and add a player like Liam Lillard onto your team, I feel like that could only elevate <laughs> him. Whereas in you've got the space in... Because, I mean, it's a bit different with having someone like Chris Middleton. Because although Chris Middleton is a lethal shooter, Chris Middleton doesn't have the range that Dame has. So you, But he used to have a... And Drew Holiday, he's not even a lethal shooter. So I think he can hold it on an offense a bit. But then he's... I'm calling card is mainly on defense. So... When you then got shooters like uh, Middleton and Lillard, and you've also got Lopez, who's a very good shooter as well, I feel like Giannis even becomes more unstoppable. And although people want to ask he's going to guard Jalen Brown and Tatum under the Bucks, I think Jalen Brown can probably guard himself out of the game if he wants to. And then <laughs> Jason Tatum is a player that... It's really now. Three games, he gives you a poor performance. So, I know... The box got knocked up by Miami, um, obviously, last year. But I still feel like Giannis is still significantly better than Tatum. And I think Tatum and Lillard are on the same level. So I'm still going to put Celtics to be second. I mean, I am I don't believe in the Sixers anymore. I stopped believing in them for like two years ago. I think when Ben Simmons quit, or when James Harden quit the, in his first season um, at Philly. And then there's just no one else that can compete. The Cavs, Knicks, you name it. No one else, so yeah. Miami is always going to be that sneaky team because it's Miami. Now, everyone will always have Miami. Listen, listen, they'll be sneaky, but they're like when you look, when you go to when you go to the east, they're probably like the fifth or sixth team you start looking at because you got to realize Cleveland's young, but they're a year older, year experience in playing in the playoffs. They've got Gartland, Mitchell, um, Evan Mobley. Um, what's the other guy? Uh, what's what's the guy with the afro from the Nets? Is it what's his name again? Garrett Allen. 
Like they've still got a good team, so you you have to take those that those other teams into consideration. Yes, Heat culture, but their team isn't the best. Uh, that's fair. Um, what I'd say about this trade is, like at the end of the day, what they've done is they brought in a guy to a point that can replace Marcus Smart on the defensive side of things, and I think that probably is going to be an important thing. What I would love coming out of this trade is I don't know if you might remember it. Pelicans, Blazers, when the Pelicans swept the Blazers, who locked down Dame Lillard? Holiday. He could not do anything against Holiday and the crew back then. So I would love a repeat of a series where it's the Bucks versus the Celtics. And I'd love to see what Drew could be able to do then against Dame. Because Dame's definitely one of them type of guys that remembers things. Like he doesn't let things go. And he'll everyone remembered that series where the Pelicans swept uh, Portland and they didn't just sweep them. They used to like beat them badly in all their games. Um, so that's the one thing I'll say. I think from defensive side, they kind of just brought in somewhat of a like-for-like replacement, you could say. Mm-hmm. But I think it offers a bit more of a scoring threat for them. But something always just doesn't sit right with me with the Celtics. I don't know what it is. I feel like you can beat them. Um and there's just something about them that just doesn't sit right with me. Like they're always again one of them teams that gets there, but they they're not able to get over the line. And when they are able to get over the line, the team playing against them is just gonna outmatch them completely. But I do I do like the pieces that they've got though. Like going back to Tony's question, I do think I'd say the Celtics and the Bucks are neck and neck. I I see them winning. It's again in the Eastern Conference, not that great. So I see them going. 50 and 32, 55. No, 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 not 55. I've seen you going about 50, 32, those type of numbers. But I just like, I get what Gus is saying in terms of the Celtics. There is something about them that they, they're not right about now or the last couple of years, they haven't been able to get to the promised land. But I just like their team dynamics now where, you know, they've got Drew Holiday, that's a good off-ball defender. And as a third will, he's able to hit those open shots and do what he needs to do. You've added Porzingis that gives you height um, and able to play defense. And he's also another good scoring option. Then you add Derek Quiet. And then you got, I would say, look, you got good coaching from Joe Missoula. Um, we still have to take into consideration the Bucs are having a new coach. What type of off- offense are they going to play? How does he want them to play? So I do put them neck and neck. But if I was to look at the team overall, I do give the Celtics the edge. But just like Abbas was saying, there's just something with the Celtics where they can't get over that hump. And it's so crazy. We've been saying it for so long, but it just shows you how young Tatum and Brown are that they're still, we've been saying it for so long, but they're boasted in their mid-20s, like 24, 25. So, you know, they've got the future in their hands and ahead of them. Do you know what I mean? Bass, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about, obviously, we've just seen the news yesterday, um, Joel Embiid committing to Team America for the Olympics. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I remember when they lost in this is what I'll say for this one. So, you know, like how I, I, I understand why, right? People in America don't value well, basketball players or whatever don't value the Olympics too heavy. Mm. Like, let me win a let me win an NBA championship, then I'll win a ring, then I'll win the FIBA World Cup because of what happened. At the mm. FIBA, uh, the uh, the FIBA World Cup, um, 
and the fact that they got bounced out and then that uh, the Olympic things or whatever was happening as well, um, the World Championships, all that basically made this uh, Team USA for the first time be like, yo, we're going to put on a show like as good as the 2012 type of team. And you want to be a part of that. You want to be a part mm. of that particular culture. And you, you'll see, I think, I think, don't get me wrong, there's a few of these guys that really don't care, but they're still committing to it just because they see all the other guys around them that are of their level, like, yo, we're going to go, or you're going to come along type of thing. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like a non-negotiable. You're kind of signing up for it. Because if you see LeBron, Kevin going, um, Steph going, I'll tell you now, if Giannis was American, Giannis would have gone as well. Um, now, of course, of course. I think that's the thing. I think when you see certain guys signing up and you're like, yo, this is my challenge to probably kick off an Olympic gold medal. I don't really need it. But similar to Carmelo Anthony, yeah, mm. Carmelo probably knew he couldn't win an NBA championship. So what's the next best thing? When, T- when USA basketball is down in the mud, let's go revive it and win an Olympic medal. And I think Giannis, I mean, not Giannis, Joel's probably looking at it to say, look, I know I can't win a chip with this team. But if I can help be a part of that redeemed team, redeemed team times two, uh, then yeah, let me go ahead and pull on the USA shirt. But I'm not surprised. I, I mean, a little bit it does because I thought, yeah, he probably would look at the Cameroonian side of things and look to represent them. But when the opportunities come, look, you have to take it up. You have to take it up and be a part of that team that so many people have their eyes on. Like we were saying it off air as well. Like I, I'm down. I'm going to be looking closer to time. Mm. Down to Paris, whether I'm driving down there, whether I'm driving to London, getting Eurostar, a flight, whatever, because then flights are going to be very expensive. But I'll be looking to just for the sole purpose of going to watch Team USA because it's going to be a highlight. Like you said, you have to because you see LeBron. LeBron's all about documenting his his journey. And this will be the final caveat piece of that journey. Um, And like you said, he's won everything and they're coming back like the 08 Redeem team. And I said this in the group chat to you when they lost the world in the world championship. And I said, Team America's not good. They're going to just bring the Avengers. And so far, I've seen the people that have committed. You've got Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Drew Holiday. Booker, Bridges, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Embiid, Bam, and Anthony Davis. Like, bro, you see that? It's like you said, it's going to be like 2012 on steroids. Like, it's going to be like you're watching Slam Ball or you're watching the Harlem Globetrotter because if you see all these guys here, like, there's so many guys there that can take the last shot, that can hit freeze, that can pull up. And bear it in mind, Steph has never played at an Olympics. So he's definitely going to be at this 2024 one and it's going to be an amazing watch. So it's sad that Joel Embiid has committed to the USA because I thought he would have done it, went to Cameroon. But having him on Team USA just adds this element of like seeing this Olympic team in 2024 in France. It's going to be crazy. First, when I say this, I'm going to say big pause before. But if you are riding the bench of Team USA, hey yo, you must stink. Like if you really deep it, you're riding the bench for the Olympic team for the USA. Like, bro, pick up your volume. That if that's not motivation for you, then I don't know what is. But yeah, I, I'm gonna try to do that. I understand why everyone is now gonna commit to it because for the first time it's gonna be all eyes on Team USA properly because of all the crap that's happened in 2023. 
But yeah, no, I'm 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 down for everybody going ahead and bringing out the all stars, and they will. And you know, everybody. And you know, LeBron wants to document this for his last dance. So when he does his documentary of the last dance, he's adding this there. Listen, I don't know if LeBron's got like a special deal with uh, Netflix, Apple TV, Hulu, whatever. Bro, he's got something, man. He's got something cooking. That LeBron's gonna move mountains, blood, and I'm gonna be there for it. I like that waste, man. That gambling addict from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. No, but what, one thing I wanted to say about the Team USA, did anyone see Steph Curry's um interview in, during his media day where he kind of slipped? He was like, he was about to say, Bron like, called us. Like, yeah. Oh, I swear. No, I haven't oh, seen yeah. it. No. So, so he was saying, someone asked him about the Olympics. He was like, yeah. He was like, I'm going to be there, bro. We we got the call. Like he was literally about to say, bro. Yeah, yeah. they got a bat signal. Say no more. Bro, LeBron's getting the Avengers, blad. He said he he saw Austin Reeves in in in, in a USA jersey and said, No, not my USA. Yeah, come on. Not, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Which, which, which so they should. So they should, because boy, I think like no one really watches the FIBA World Cup, right? Uh, let, let's be real. If we're gonna watch Team USA, it's gonna be the Olympics. Yeah. But the FIBA World Cup, you still expect teams like either Spain or Germany, in which Germany were the champions, or USA to win it. Like those, those are your teams, or maybe a France. But Team yeah, USA, young Canada now, Team Team yeah, Canada's up as well. Even even Canada now, right? So the fact that they even lost to Canada in the third and they came fourth, like this, it's looking a bit meaty. Like you would think players like Mikel Bridges, all of them, man, would be able to to get it done but they clearly weren't right so that's why lebron was like you know what none on my watch this ain't happening again bro like when it comes people might say carmelo might come back just for that fifth for that fifth gold medal like give him a little give him a little minute bro why not man put it in the documentary get get bronny involved man like get everyone involved man there's always there's always one there's always one person in the team usa that hasn't played nba basketball yet so like why not Unless, because there's no, from what I know, I don't know any mad college basketball. Yeah, there ain't. Because the last one was AD. Like, he went yeah. in 2012. Yeah, exactly. And before that, all I remember, I think Christian Leitner, when he went in the Dream Team, he he didn't play. He was still at Duke at the time, or UNC. No, Duke. It should be good, though. It should be good. Let's know, see. As it should, man. Like, listen, it's only, it's only oh, going... Oh, let's put this, if they lose the Olympics... But if if that ever came where they lost, boy, it's gonna be a horrible. They could they could live it down, but with that team there, when you got Steph, KD, LeBron, Tatum, Embiid, Anthony Davis, bro, come on, no one's beating them. They're gonna win most of their games by thirty or forty, really. Yeah, 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 you're not wrong. But we have vibe. I think that's it. I think that's it. They're going for vibes, and we're watching for the vibes. Come on, of course. Vibe with five. That's it, vibe. Hey, 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 I'm not trying to get any copyright, bro. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I do not not condone that. I do not condone. But anyway, man, let's 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 wrap this up, guys. The, the floor is yours. Shout out anything you need to plug. Plug anything you need to plug. Sam, I'm all good, man. I don't need to plug nothing. Like I said, I'm here supporting the man. Them, 
the socials, or Tony's going to say the socials, but there's own London to the world and back in it. That's it. To the world and back, baby. Yeah, I'm with Sam. Just just follow the socials. If I do anything, I just post it on there, and then you can hit retweet and click on click on watch. Richard, anything I'm else? For UK on all platforms, TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> 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 Everyone else is like, nah, man. Let's let's just support the zone. Let's support Richard. Yeah, listen. Anyway, anyway, bun that. Yeah, out of you, know, you know, Richard's the biggest troll out here, man. He's the biggest troll. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah, just nah, man, listen, yeah you follow, follow Richard's platform out of bounds underscore UK on all the things. Rich one underscore London with two ends. But yeah, listen, people, thank you for another episode. Thank you for listening to another episode. You so, why am I thanking them man for another episode? You should be thanking me for another episode. But um please, my Benusa. <laughs> Oh, sorry, no, you're older. Than, it might be new, sir. It might be new. Um, yeah, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Zone Podcast. You can follow us at the Zone underscore LBN on Twitter and Instagram. On, at the Zone, no, at the Zone LDN on Twitter, at the Zone underscore LBN on Instagram, at the Zone LDN on TikTok, all that, all of that. Thank you for listening to another episode. Until next time, people. Isolated. Skirtle here. Oh, yes! Welcome to Manchester United. Anthony Martial. Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry. Way downtown. Oh, what a shot from Curry!